Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, going old school today with the music selection with a little bit of Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Figured I'd go on that route since it's a wild and crazy time here across Southwest Virginia and really across the entire nation as we all deal with the coronavirus pandemic in our own ways. I'd like to start the podcast today by thanking all of the EMTs, all of the doctors, nurses, firefighters, policemen, all of the uh, essential workers out there that have really put their time on the line and put their bodies on the line to help us try to come up with a safe and effective cure for this coronavirus pandemic and this coronavirus disease. It's a tough time we're living in right now, folks, but we will get through this because we are Americans and we will make it the very best that we can as time goes on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to start today's edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast with a high school football score report this week from Northeast Tennessee. Of course, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go over some notes here at the end of my sheet that I had covering these high school football games for Northeast Tennessee this past uh, weekend. And the first note is Virginia will be playing football in the spring, mostly conference-only schedules for the teams in Southwest Virginia coming up this spring. And uh, it's a very unique time. There's no football being played across the high school football fields in Southwest Virginia, but we're making the most out of it. And we're paying attention to what's going on in Northeast Tennessee and Southeast Kentucky to come later to uh, find out what we can do better to help um, curve this coronavirus pandemic um, graph and what we can do to be better individuals towards everybody as time goes on. So there's the update on Virginia. No football being played in the fall here. That edict was made by the VHSL earlier this month. And it will be a seven-game schedule in the spring for the teams here in southwest Virginia being played from March to May. Kentucky will begin an eight-game schedule. And that will begin the weekend of September the 12th. So coming up here in a couple weeks, Kentucky High School Athletic Association football will be getting underway. So that'll be um, very interesting to see how they do. Uh, Eight-game schedule, I like it. I, I feel like that would have been the best option for Virginia if they wanted to play football in the fall and go on that route. But ultimately, they decided not to go on that route. They decided to play in the spring. Tennessee is playing a full season, which is quite surprising to me. But I feel like they could get it done. And we'll see how everything will go with their uh, playoffs if they decide to eliminate maybe that first round of the playoffs and go with 16 teams being in the playoffs for the bracket as opposed to being 32. We'll see how they decide on that at the end of the season. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and read the scores here across Northeast Tennessee from this weekend. On Thursday night, August 20th, 2020, Knox Halls defeated Gibbs by a final score of 31-17. to A big home win for Knox Halls, a good win for them, uh, and they improve their record to 1-0 on the season. On Friday, August 21st, which was last night, Sullivan Central was at Sullivan North. That was the WLSD Game of the Week. We will be covering the Sullivan North Raiders this season on WLSD. Sullivan Central defeats Sullivan North by a final score of 26-8. to Other scores from around the region. Maryville defeating William Blunt 49-7. to Cherokee defeating Union County 48-0. to Elizabethan defeating Science Hill 30-8. Granger defeating Cumberland Gap 44-14. Sevier County defeating Jefferson County 35-26. Ottawa defeating David Crockett 14-12. Campbell County defeating Cock County 
Rhea County defeating Knox Carter 20-14. Knox Central defeating Cleveland 26-16. Knox Catholic defeating Chucky Doak 42-0. Christian Academy of Knoxville defeating Daniel Boone 28-14. Dobbins Bennett defeating Tennessee High 35-0. Sullivan East defeating Johnson County 20-6. South Green defeating Unicoi County 38-21. And the final score from last night that I had, Northview Academy defeating West Green 50-34. One game to be played uh, tonight in Northeast Tennessee. Blackman is at Alcoa. Some of the games that were affected due to the coronavirus pandemic, Knox Fulton at South Bull was canceled. Morristown East at Morristown West was canceled. Claiborne at Pigeon Forge was canceled. Cosby at Hancock County was canceled. Knox West at Bearden was canceled. So those are five games that were uh, affected by the coronavirus. Several more teams were affected than this last night. You didn't hear a score from Sullivan South. They didn't play last night. Greenville, they didn't play last night. So this virus is really uh, getting hit hard in a lot of areas and it's a tough time for us to really uh, understand what we can do to be better and to get better but all we can do as individuals is just do what the CDC says do what the World Health Organization says and just make sure that we're not putting others in danger if we do that then we're doing fine that's the way I look at this and that's the way I want to approach this as time goes on it's not easy going through a pandemic but we have to understand that there are guidelines to follow during this time i'm not even going to say rules to follow because that's too strict guidelines are in place to be followed and you know it's it's a tough time but we just have to make the most out of it and I hope in the next year or so that we can really truthfully get a better understanding of what we have faced and what we can do to do better because ultimately that's what we have to do is we have to do better. We have to understand that this pandemic is not something that will go away very quickly. It doesn't go away at the snap of the finger. It goes away when we put measures in place to help ourselves. And that's what we're trying to do right now as a nation. So I'll get off the coronavirus pandemic topic because I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And I can talk about it for a while. But it was a strong opening for Northeast Tennessee last night. And I applaud them for going through with this season and playing it out. However long they can play, I applaud them for it. And it's a good thing to have an opportunity to watch or even listen to high school football being played. Last night I was at home and I listened to the broadcast on 92.5 WLSD for the Sullivan Central and Sullivan North game that Jacob Townsend and Coach Tiller done. And it was fantastic to hear those two um, mesh well with one another and to enjoy the broadcast. You know, it, it, it's out of their comfort zone. They're not used to covering high school football in Tennessee. We're used to covering high school football in Virginia. But right now, there is no high school football in Virginia in the fall. And we have to make the most out of this situation. And that's what we're doing. WLSD is covering Sullivan North for the season. WAXM, when Kentucky high school football starts, will be covering the Knott County Central Pirate, or, uh, Patriots. Excuse me. So it's, it's a difficult and different time. But we'll make the most out of it each week on Pick Skin Picks. 
on the scoreboard show whenever it begins, which will probably be mid-September, and on these broadcasts. And we'll explain it to you the best way we know how. Because we're all learning as we go on a daily basis. This virus has turned lives upside down for so many, but we have to understand that we have to go by what the CDC and what the World Health Organization tells us to do. If we do that, we can make it. I'm not going to say we can defeat this virus, but we can really flatten the curve. And if we can begin to flatten the curve, folks, that'll open the door for so many more athletic events, so many more conferences, so many more concerts, for example, so many more festivals, so many more events to take place. But we have to do our part. And I know that most of you that are listening right now to this will do it. And for all of you that do take the time to listen to this, I, I want to say thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me. I know that I'm, I'm not a perfect person. Nobody is. But I know that I do my very best doing my job. And that's covering high school football for WXM and volunteering in the sports information office at the college at UVA Wise. As long as I continue to be able to do, to do those two things, then I'm very happy in my life. I know that I have my family here with me, and they'll always be here. But one thing is for certain. We will overcome this. There's no doubt in my mind. So, There's your recap of high school football in Northeast Tennessee this week, folks. I really hope that you got an enjoyment out of it. I got an enjoyment out of writing the games down again um, yesterday morning. I was like, yep, I'm a little behind this week, but that's okay. I'll go ahead and write the games down. And I really enjoyed writing them down. And that meant a lot to me. And I look forward to continuing to write these games down each and every week and do this podcast, do my live video on Facebook each and every week for you. Because it's it's a great thing. It's a great forum for me. It gives me something to look forward to and to enjoy. And I'm blessed to have many friends in the field blessed to have many friends at the college blessed to have many friends at the radio station they have helped me more in the past two to three years than any other place out there has and the radio station for the last six to seven years has been here for me big time and I thank them for that and I thank Daryl Dingus Ely for allowing me to volunteer in his office, in the Sports Information Office at UVA Wise, since July of 2018. So th this year, I'm, I'm entering my third year of volunteering there. And it's a blessing to be able to do it. Many folks know me, know that I love sports. It's my passion, and it's always going to be my passion. I just hope that we can continue to move forward in the best effort that we know how. And I know that we will. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've went on for about 15 minutes on this um, opening segment about high school football in Northeast Tennessee and how it's affected football in Virginia and Kentucky 
when the start dates are going to be for Virginia and Kentucky high school football. And I've talked about the coronavirus and what I believe needs to be done and what we can do to help curve the flatten the curve of the coronavirus and all that good stuff. So I'll go ahead and hop off here after this first segment. When we come back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast, we're going to do something that um, we rarely do. And we're going to revisit a huge event that took place almost one year ago to the day. And I can't wait to talk about it. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. More of the ET Considers Everything podcast coming up here in just a few moments on Anchor. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. It means the world to me that you're here with me. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Saturday, August the 22nd, 2020. And ladies and gentlemen, that first segment had a little bit of everything for y'all. And it was mostly covering high school football and the coronavirus and how it has affected everything here in the state of Virginia and how it has moved football season to the spring for the state of Virginia and uh, recapping scores that took place last night and recapping scores and games that took place last night in Northeast Tennessee and what the plan is for Kentucky as well here in the fall. So uh, a lot of get lot to uh, uh, unwind and talk about on that first segment. But this segment is going to be something that is very special and very dear, near and dear to my heart. I recapped it a month ago on my birthday, um, and and if y'all have listened to the podcast before, y'all know what this event means to me. Um, this event was built around my retirement from backyard wrestling, and we didn't tell the fans that. But we knew it going into the day. We knew that Reignition 2019 was going to be the last time that you would see the Executioner or the Bruiser, E.T., Eric Tyler Mullins, as a competitor in backyard wrestling for UCWA, Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance, which I was the general manager for for the first several months of the company until I let Mike Ulrichi take over as general manager at the uh, Headstrong event earlier in August of last year. And folks, to say that I was happy going into that day was an understatement. I didn't know what was in store for that day. I just knew that I was going in for two matches. I was going in for a World Heavyweight Championship match that was a ladder match. And I was going in for a Law of Execution match, which I created on the way out of the company and for the uh, former UCWA owner and the founder of UCWA, Logan Price, to use moving forward in any match that he wants to. And that was a Law of Execution match. Now, a Law of Execution match is quite simple. The first match was a normal pinfall match. The second match in the Law of Execution match was a first blood match. And the third and final fall, if necessary, would be a last man standing match. Now, I told UCWA founder and owner Logan Price, I told him, I said, Logan, you can um, adapt the stipulations whichever way you want to. 
as long as you keep it the law of execution name, this could be our version of the three stages of hell match that WWE uses. And he said, E.T., I love that idea, and that's what I'll do. So I said, all right, that's what we're going to roll with. So he let me pick the stipulations because he knew that this was going to be my final match as a competitor. But before that, I had an opportunity. Had an opportunity to become the first ever two-time UCWA World Heavyweight Champion and capture Sylvia in a matchup against the Black Sheep, the Riot, the Madness, Mikey Reedy. And... I'll get to that match coming up here in just a moment. But first, Logan and Mikey decided to surprise me with a plaque and with a uh, Hall of Fame induction sheet that was filled out by both men. And it recognized me as the first ever member of the UCWA Hall of Fame. And this was the second Hall of Fame that I had the privilege to enter. The first one was the GSW Hall of Fame. And I was forever grateful for that opportunity to be in the inaugural class of the UCWA Hall of Fame. That meant a lot as well but to be the first ever inductee to the UCWA Hall of Fame it was super special I've seen Logan and Mikey grow so much so much in the past three years and I'm so proud of those two men they epitomize what it takes to be a backyard wrestler. And that's not to mention my best friend, a bulletproof king, the chaos king, Clay Mercer. Clay Mercer and I go back five years. We were there at the beginning of Prestige Championship Wrestling. And um, Clay helped me win my first GSW World Championship in a three stages of hell match against the Beast Dustin Little. And Dustin, I'm sorry that it had to happen that way, but you know, I was ready for my moment. Logan had made sure that me and him were going to have an independent championship match that day, turned into a triple threat with Hunter Becker, which was okay, but Logan was going to make sure that I was going to walk out as the independent champion. And he did. Logan, sometimes, you know, he can have some rough edges to him. But at the end of the day, if he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And I'm super thankful for that. Because that was the first title I ever won in backyard wrestling, let alone my history in it. That was my first ever title that I won, was that independent championship. And I told the beast Dustin Little, he came out, he congratulated me on winning the independent championship. And I said, the beast, I said, Dustin, you know what? 
let's make this match mean more. I'll put my independent title on the line. You're already putting your world title on the line. Let's make it a double title match and let's make it for history. And Dustin said, absolutely, E.T. That's what we'll do. So, we'll go on to the main event. Fight like hell to win that championship. And I'll tell you this, folks. Whenever you have a match with Dustin Little that lasts for 30 minutes, you go through hell. And that's a compliment to the beast, Dustin Little. That's not a not a, a smack to the face to him. That, that's a compliment. He brings out the best in you. And he damn sure brought out the best in me that day. I can just picture back on that match. Going into it, I was like, oh, God, can I go this amount of time to capture both titles? I was doubting myself. Dustin was the one that told me, you can do this. I told him, I said, let's let's wrap it up. He said, no, we got to go longer. I said, okay. So... We kept it going. That match was very similar to the Law of Execution match. Except all, all of those matches were no holds barred or first blood. The first fall was a first blood match. I would ultimately win that after I would hit a steel chair with the sledgehammer across Dustin Little's face and I would win the first fall that would make him bleed second fall was a last man standing match and uh, that was a hellacious match we fought all over the old GSW backyard and um, Dustin would hit a elbow from the top of the porch on top of me which I told him I said man I was scared to death for you when you tried to hit me with that elbow and he hit it and I couldn't get up to the count of 10 so the match was tied at 1 the third and final fall we would go to the ladder match and we would kind of make it a variation of a last man well not a last man standing but a but of a uh, tables, ladders, and chairs match. And we we would get back in the ring, fight for a while. I knocked Dustin down. Dustin would try to hit me with pedigree. I would reverse out of it. I would get him into a choke slam position. And I would choke slam him through two two by fours and uh, two chairs that were set there to make it look like a table. And um, I, I'll tell you, the beast is a tough bastard because <laughs> he took that move and I know I could have hit it a whole lot better and I've apologized to him since, but he said, you didn't need to apologize to me for that. He said, you, you, you hit your move and we just moved forward with the match and ultimately that's what we done. So... I thought that that was the ending. I said, all right, I'm going to go climb the ladder. Here he comes with a steel chair, backs, uh, bashes me in the back with it. I fall off the ladder. And then we continue to fight on for a little more. Dustin gets the best out of me, gets a pedigree. Dustin goes to climb the ladder. But who comes out? The man that was on the side of the beast Dustin Little entering that day the, the bulletproof king Clay Mercer would appear and he would take out the beast Dustin Little he would hit the unfair to, the, to despair he would hit a lion tamer with a baseball bat to Dustin's injured knee and that would take Dustin out. 
And he told me, he looked at me, he said, E.T., climb. Climb and go get the title. I said, all right, Mercer, I'll do it. So I climbed up the ladder. I grabbed the world title first. I grabbed the independent title second. And my moment was made. I would be the first ever dual champion in GSW as the world and independent champion. And what a moment that was. I told everybody in GSW that day, I said, what a birthday present that would be if I were to win that match. And I won it. And Dustin gave me a big hug. He said, you deserve it, big man. You've earned it. Everybody's overlooked you. But I haven't. I know how good you are. And that gave me the confidence I needed. So, let's fast forward now to August of 2019. We just finished up the Headstrong event. Logan and I had our stare down. And the afterlife tries to make a statement. Ultimately, they were uh, cut down. And that was the end of that event. So the, the build to the final match of my career was on. And uh, I didn't know what Logan was going to do to surprise me or to even make sure we had this match. But he, he pulled out all the stops. He uh, made sure that we went on last. And he made sure that the event was at my house. In my yard. Let me tell you this, folks. There's not many people out there that would make that decision to say, you know what, E.T., it's your final event. Let's do the, house, do the event at your house. Most of them would say, no, you got to come up to our territory. Nope. Not Logan Price. Not Mikey Reedy. They said, we're coming to your house. I said, okay. So that day was an amazing day. Me and Mercer went to church together, and that was wonderful. Get back to my house. Senior referee Justin Barton shows up, and I wasn't any more happier to see Barton because Barton will just tell you the way it is. Barton's a great guy, and I miss seeing him a lot. I hope I get to see him soon. But uh, just everything surrounding that day, I, I was just at peace. I knew that my career was going to be over at the end of that event. And, and I'm thankful that Logan and I got to share the stage together one more time. Because that match had been building up for two years we built that up for two years and we delivered. Now me and Mikey and Logan, we had a match at Rags to Riches. It was a fantastic triple threat match. But to me, to me, the best match that I had was against Logan at Reignition. So, there was several prelim matches that took place, the first of which was uh, Browbeat taking on um, 
taking on the man known as Zane Chambers. And that match was fantastic to call. Myself, Clay Mercer, we got to call that match. Uh, JB refereed it. And it was a wonderful, wonderful match to watch. Those two brought out the best in one another. And Browbeat would ultimately pick up the victory, hitting the Rusty Cage to pick up the, the win. Then we done the Hall of Fame ceremony with me getting my plaque, me dressed up in my wrestling slash street gear. Then we done a six-man tag. It was myself, Clay Mercer, and Mikey Reedy against Logan Price, Browbeat, and Zane Chambers. And uh, that match was unbelievable. Really enjoyed that six-man tag. I thought that was probably um, second or third best match of the day. And ultimately, the afterlife would pick up the win in that match. But um, there would be a big melee for the hardcore title. And uh, it was... A huge match and a huge opportunity. And uh, the hardcore title changed hands. Clay Mercer was the champion. Or, excuse me, Mikey, Mikey Reedy was the champion. I know I, I was the champion. I was the champion. And then Clay Mercer ultimately would end the segment as the champion. So it was a, it was a fun segment at the end of the match third match was the valor championship match between the dark wolf logan price and death's own angel browbeat at the time and, and that match was really good really enjoyed watching it both those men are uh, strong men they're big men they know how to really bring out the best in one another and uh ultimately browbeat would pick up the victory with a uh, submission with the Rusty Cage submission. So he picks up the win there. Browbeat uh, undefeated on the day. The next match was the ladder match for the UCWA World Heavyweight Championship between Mikey Reedy and myself. And uh, I knew this was my big moment. I said, if I, if I win the world title, I get to enter the world, the final match of my career as the world champion. So, Clay Mercer walks out with Mikey. They had turned their back on me after the six-man tag. That was okay. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm retiring at the end of the day anyway. Mercer would hobble out. I would throw him a kendo stick. I said, here, you need that to walk anyway. And he would jab with me, and then I would jab back with him. I've got, he said, I've got the hardcore title. I said, well, I'm walking out with the world title after this match. And <laughs> we just kept our own verbal war going. It was just so much fun. That match with Mikey, I felt like it could have went a couple minutes longer. But... We both were strong in that match. Mikey took me out multiple times with his Reedy Revolver knee. And I would take him out with a choke slam one time during the match. He would get brass knucks, knock me out. He would get cliff, hit me with a cliff. And uh, Mikey would go to climb the ladder. I would get back up. Uh, Mercer was on the other side holding the ladder down that way uh, both their weight could be supported on the ladder and uh, I said well Mikey you're getting choke slammed you're not getting the title he had his hands on the title but he did, couldn't grab it so I, I choke slammed him off the ladder onto the grass Mercer was like no no he would hit. He would try to hit me with the brass knucks. I'd block him. He would fall off the ladder, and I would grab the world title. 
and going into the final match of my career, I would be the UCWA World Heavyweight Champion. Now, I think this was ultimately what we were going to do anyway. But Logan came out. He said, E.T., you've got the world title now. He said, I don't want you to uh, retire with it. He said, you know, how about one more time, me and you, for the world title? I said, you know what? I'm so confident I can beat you again. I'll do it which I knew going into the match wasn't going to happen, but that's okay. Because that match with Logan was amazing. I would enter first to my Wildcat Prowl with the world title. That meant the world to me because the, the first UCWA world title win I didn't get to really appreciate or enjoy as much because... I was mentally sick with my bipolar disorder, and the boys can tell you that, that that was the case. But I had a great day, despite being sick that day. And now, now Logan makes his interest, and Logan goes back through all of the years that we had together. And uh, Logan knows how to bring emotion to me. He plays the uh, first ever theme that he used as his entrance. He would do the dark wolf howls with his, with his wolf crying. His wolf crying. I, I, knew, I knew then he didn't want to do it but he knew he had to do it because he knew that I was wanting to wind down my career and end it as a competitor and I was wanting to work you know, behind the scenes, help them out that way and go and commentate events when I could. His wolf would cry. He would play his new theme which was tearing away and he would go back to play his old theme which he used against me in this very first match and I'll tell you this Logan may be a heel on screen but he is one of the nicest people you will ever meet outside of the realm of backyard wrestling he knows how to really talk to you and help you as an individual. And I'm thankful for that. I really am. So the first match was the normal pinfall match. And Clay Mercer was the referee for it. And there's a, there's a uh, photo on Instagram of me staring down Logan with Clay Mercer as the referee. And we wanted to recreate that. We recreated it, alright. So we start the match. Logan goes for the uh, Wolf's Bite Elbow. I reverse it. Go for the Choke Slam. He reverses it. He hits me with the wolf's bite elbow, pins me one, two, three. A very quick first fall, Logan prices up one to nothing. Clay Mercer's out, and Justin Barton is in as the senior official for match two, which is the first blood match. So Logan allows me time to get up, get ready for the second match. Referee Justin Barton rings the bell. I said, whoa, 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 hold on. So I walked back around my house. And I had just found this like a week before this event. I said, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to use this. So I use a huge lead pipe, probably about six inches long. 
probably an inch wide. And I walked back with the pipe in my hand. And Logan, just his face, he sells it so well. He's like, oh my God, he's got a huge lead pipe. What do I do? And I said, now we can begin to fight. So we, we fight on, we brawl throughout that, ma uh, that match. And uh, Logan would try to go for the wolf's bite elbow again right near the truck that we had in the uh, yard at the time. I would reverse it. I would uh, try to go for a choke slam. Logan would reverse out of that. He'd try to go for a pedigree. I would reverse out of that. And then I said, it's pipe time. I hit Logan in, in the head with the pipe, not once, but twice. And after a few minutes, Logan would be busted wide open. And I would tie the match at one. So it's only fitting that my retirement match for my career would end in a last man standing match. And Logan and I would fight continuously against each other. I'd hit multiple choke slams. Logan would hit multiple wolf spot elbows. I would go for a third choke slam. Logan would reverse it. He'd hit a wolf's bite elbow. He'd get me back up. Hit me with the pedigree, which I would take very smoothly. And then he would choke me out with the anaconda vice. And I would try to get up at 8 and 9, but I couldn't get up. Logan Price would be the new UCWA World Heavyweight Champion, and my career would be over. And and you know what, folks? I might have lost that match, but I'm super proud of the way that that final build and showdown for that match was built. Logan and I worked our tails off to, to make that match what it was and to make that event what it was and then after the event I'd find out that Logan made a tribute video to me and I wouldn't be able to watch it until the next day but folks you have no idea how proud I am of that kid you have no idea how much his friendship means to me. Logan is a great kid. We've all had our demons in the past. Logan's demons were trying to find the right character, and I would always bash him for it. But you know what? He found it. He's made it. And as the founder of UCWA and one of the big time players in SVBW, SV, Southwest Virginia Backyard Wrestling now, which is a name I absolutely love and I'm glad they picked. Logan, I'm proud of you, son. You've made your career into the very best of what it could be. And I was glad to be able to be your mentor for three years and help you learn everything that you learn. You've learned so much more since that I haven't helped you with. But you have made SVBW a viable commodity. And I'm so proud of that. You, Dustin Little, Nicole Little, Hunter Becker, Bobby Rudder, Kine, Browbeat, The Maniac, John Dozer, just everybody that's in 
SVBW has made it to what it is today. And for one last time, I want to throw my fist out to Clay Mercer, Logan Price, and Mikey Reedy. Because we are members of Oblivion and will forever be members of Oblivion. And I love you boys. And always remember that. So folks, the emotions have uh, been brought out. And I have to say that I enjoyed going through that ride. I, I had to give it some context today. I didn't give it as much context the first time I went through it. But I wanted to go over those events and what they meant to me. I think the sweetest tribute video that was made in that video, that sweetest tribute message that was in that video, was the one that was made by Robbie Underwood and Rich Underwood, excuse me one of our former world champions he said that E.T. you may be retired but you'll always be around he was right those words have stuck true to me since he said them and I'm thankful for that. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, my name's E.T. Eric Talamones. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Saturday, rest of your weekend. And I want to thank you all so much for joining me today here on this edition of the E.T. Considers Everything podcast going over week one of high school football in Northeast Tennessee, the plan for football in Southwest Virginia and Southeast Kentucky, along with a Reignition 2019 review along with some context to go along with it. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end today's podcast with the UCWA theme. And I hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your weekend. For now, my name's E.T. Eric Talamones. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. Later. <laughs>